They're looking for a foreign car. A man and a woman. And a cello. James Bond, charming, sophisticated secret agent. <laughs> Shaken, but not disturbed. <laughs> Gotta spread that COVID. Oh, yeah. I need to use your phone. She'll call you back. Who are you? Bond, James Bond. Exercise control 007 here. I report in an hour. Better make that too. And we are back, back, back in the saddle, shaking, not third, the definitive James Bond movie podcast is back with a 1980s vibe. We've got the AHA, we've got the Living Daylights, we've got Pierce Brosnan, I mean, we've got Timothy Dalton. It should have been Pierce Brosnan. It was Pierce Brosnan. He signed the contract and then got fucked over Remington Steel. And we got Timothy Dalton. So here we are. It's the 80s, boys. It's a whole new time. We've got our fourth James Bond now. Fourth James Bond, right? Yeah, correct. No, he's, uh, he's not 150 years old. You know, it's actually funny. In some of the interviews toward the end of his era, uh, Roger Moore was actually saying that he used to jokingly say that he was about 400 years too old to play James Bond. So he obviously knew that the joke was on him. So it was actually supposed to be Timothy Dalton before it was Roger Moore or even before it was George Lazenby. So, you know, the Bond series just seems to go back to people that they thought. We've got a, a Welsh actor who's more accustomed to playing Shakespeare than he is Bond. So we've got a whole new look tonight. What's happening, fellas? Hola, amigos. All is good to everybody. I hope everybody's doing fine out there. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. I'm ready. I'm ready to battle soup on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Love to My see turn. it. My <laughs> turn. We get a look at one another's scores before we get on this thing, and Supal is a little higher than some of the other folks here. <laughs> um, also, as you've probably known if you've been listening this long, uh, Supal also has absolutely no spine when it comes to his scores. So <laughs> it's really just a matter of how much we can just pound Supal's score down. We're going to have some fun. <laughs> Supal, we're going to change your mind on this movie. You're going to end up hating it. Top I, 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 disagree. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think this movie gets such a bad rap. I think Dalton gets a bad rap. I think Dalton was the subject of shitbag yeah. writing. You had a, a real actor who, I went back and looked at some of the, before coming into the role, Dalton was one of the first actors to ever go back and read all of the Fleming novels. He had, he had read them early when, when the first movies came out, when Connery came out. So he went back deep to figure out the true depth of the character. And you have a darker James Bond. You have a more serious James Bond. You have a guy that can snap on a dime with a gun who you have no doubt believing is an utter cold-blooded killer, right? This is not a guy that's driving through Venice in a, uh, a driving gondola. This is a guy that you know can get the job done. So I'm a fan here. I, I, I'm a Lazenby fan. I think Dalton gets a bad rap. I don't think Dalton's the best Bond that's ever played the role. I also think he got shortchanged. Most people argue that any per- any person that's played the Bond more than um, Lazenby or, or Dalton, their best movies are always their third. 
So, you know, Dalton kind of got a little screwed there. He didn't get to do his third movie. Um, we're only going to get two. But we finally left the kooky, zany, gimmicky end of the Roger Moore era. You heard it here, folk, folks, first. John Supel has Living Daylights in his top ten Bond films. <laughs> oh, without put, a put, doubt. Put the pen to paper on that one. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. I just think it's very average, and it's – a lot of people say how underrated it is. No, it's properly rated. It's just an average movie. It's going to fall in like in the middle of all the Bond films, maybe more towards the back end. I don't, I don't hate Dalton. I think, he's, I think he's a very serviceable Bond. I think he has some quirks that, are, that serve better for him because he's a darker Bond, which we're going to talk about. But he also has some things that are not so great. Trey, I'll agree with you on that one. I think um, you know, maybe Dalton does get a little bit of a bad rap, but you know, he wasn't, he wasn't a spectacular bond by any means. You know, he was, he, like you said, serviceable. He, yeah. he does, he does the job. He does it well enough, but you know, it's not something you have to go over the moon about. And Mike, like you said earlier, pretty shitty writing, you know, the, the, plot, the plot wasn't great. It was okay. Some, some interesting quirks around it, but it's an average film. Look, I think it's a tale of two movies. I think everything up until Bond goes and joins the Taliban is spectacular. And yes, I said it. Uh, because, again, we're, we're in the 80s, right? We're looking at this through the 1987 lens, right? We are arming militias in the Middle East. I mean, th- this is what happened in history. So they Selling just chose, opium, too. They just, they just chose to, to follow that. But it's a tale of two movies. There's a lot of old-time espionage a lot of old time cold war dealing with different generals defecting and things happening. And there's a lot of, a lot of fun going on there. And then after, you know, bond ends up in the middle East, it just kind of takes a a turn for, for the worst, unfortunately. I just like all the double crosses throughout the movie, switching sides, playing dead, multiple fake deaths, new bond he delivered. But uh, I would agree with about the, whole middle east scene with the opium that kind of came out of nowhere and uh he did make some new allies love when they blew up the bridge and he helped out those guys but a few too many plots going on in that aspect i would say yeah there's there's definitely plot holes there's a few things that end up not having anything to do with the final film you know why why did koskov have to fake his own defection outside of him getting arrested for spending you know, government funds on arms, essentially. And uh, I, mean, I, I was always under the impression he was faking it so he could then get MI6 or some other agency to kill the replacement to General Gogov, who, who yeah. makes a, a cameo at the very, very end of this. But like, that was always my impression is that you know, he wanted this guy off so he can go do whatever he wants, make his money with, with Brad Whitaker here. Yeah, listen, there, there are some, there's some stuff in the plot that it, it makes – a little bit of sense, but it's loosely tied together. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to really pull it all in. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the, the smeared Spionum was awesome. The death to all spies. Yep. That, yep. Was, that was pretty cool. And I think, I know me and Trey, and we'll get to this later, but Necros has some great kills to, to start killing double O's. Like, as a kid, I thought, going back 10, 12, 15 years, I thought Necros was the villain in this. I never thought that uh, Koskov and uh, Whitaker were, like, the main bad guy. I always view, uh, view Necros as the main plot bad guy because he had all those awesome kills. He was in the field getting his hands dirty. Loved it. And as Mike mentioned, the whole Cold War thing, and this is the last movie we're going to get the, a whole Cold, Cold War plot. 
I think License to Kill comes out in two years, and Cold War's done by then. We're Bond movie number 15 right now. At this point, we have seen a number of different 00 agents. I think outside of 007, I think the other 00s in this movie stink. Always. These are these well, are the most inept 00 agents I've ever seen. Ever. Uh, did uh, you notice anything about the other two double agents? No, John, I did not. Please. <laughs> Who they look Please like? Please enlighten me. Who did they look like? Well, no fucking clue. Who? You didn't see their Roger Moore and a sh- uh, little bit of a Sean Connery-esque appearance to them? A little no. similar? No. You no. didn't? It's a reach. It's a reach, my dude. Nope. That was an IMBD uh, fun fact. Yeah, super, super, super facts right now. Here's a fact. Every double Same agent. Same source as you. Every double O agent we've seen besides James Bond thus far has stunk. Yeah. They all stink. I don't know how they're double O agents. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a CIA and a Rosie Carver. Oh, Felix is back. <laughs> Felix. Um, yeah, Felix we're gonna, is back. We'll get to that. Yeah, I'll get to my note on that. Felix who? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, guys, listen, we'll, we'll start scoring the plot, right? So, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I, I was at a 6-5. Like I said, there were some loose plot holes over here. And the, uh, the Cold War ties were cool, but it, it really could have used a little putting together. Oh, was it a and, seven? and like we said, boring parts of this film. Some snoozing scenes. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a 7.0. Like I said, this is a tale of two movies. We'll get to the opening sequence, but I think it's one of the best in Bond history. The pre-title sequence is one of the best of, of all the Bonds ever made. Spectacular. Then you get into... You know, it, you then kick into your uh, an opera with the defection of a of a Russian general. Later in this, Bond figures it out, fakes the the, the Russian uh, equivalent of MI six's death. You know, you got a lot of cool things happening, um, different plot twists, and then we find out that we're just smuggling diamonds to to buy opium, and with a guy that's got his face on a, a Hitler wax statue, who comes back in a Bond movie. Two, two movies from now as a good guy it really just takes it i mean this thing takes an utter nosedive toward the end but a 7.0 i mean it's really entertaining up until basically the end 7.5 for me uh i agree there was some uh lazy and boring parts of the movie that could have been cut i think they went back to the whole bond movies have to be a little bit over two hours i don't think that's always true but uh an enjoyable plot overall. Yeah, maybe a little underrated. I'd say that maybe this is part of one of the categories that may be a little underrated. Very unique. You go to places we haven't seen before, but y'all nailed it. Like, I got really bored watching parts of this movie. Like, I, 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 have, I, th- I actually fast forward through a good portion of this movie because I, I, I just can't get through it. What just me personally. Seven? Seven? Seven, 7.0, yeah. Talk Bond. Let's get into the details on Dalton. Let's get into it. Lot 124, The Lady Rose, a cello by Stradivarius of Cremona, 1724, sold for one... Sorry, I suck. Like that Carlsberg uh, placement, though, there. That's right after that dude gets off. Saunders. I mean, right right before he he dies. That is a good scene, though. I'd love to see Saunders die again. It's a good scene. Uh, (laughs) Is it before that or after that? It's before that. And the bartender's just like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, chicken esther, got it. Sorry, that's the only problem of like having like the whole movie up is like trying to remember where fucking shit takes place. It's so good. Good thing you learned how to edit. It's a good thing I learned how to edit. It is. It's an excellent delivery. He gave, he gave it a little look back. It is. It is a good delivery. <clears throat> I will give him that. 
He doesn't have a Bond James Bond moment, I don't think, right? He it does the, the very, it, the very, very beginning. The intro. very beginning. Yes. Stinks. He, uh, not good. He's I like with, it. I don't. It doesn't bother me. I don't care for it. He's with yeah. Kara for the shake and Late. seek. It looks Forgettable. Like you, they're maybe in a hotel bar pretty. or something, or checking in like? somewhere. It was so laid back, Trey. It was like he just he gets on the boat after you know th- going through leaps and bounds, seeing all these double O's get offed and then hanging off the top of a jeep, and then he just lays down and just yeah, Bond, James Bond, and then he he get, like gets back on the phone. It's just very serious, Mike. He's got a. I thought it was jet. laid back. I didn't think it was serious. I thought it was laid back. He he is very serious in parts of this movie, like very serious, and then he'll throw it like a little sarcasm. He's very stern. You know, I mean, that's he's, the big knock. That's the big knock. Cold the, demeanor. The big knock on him was always that he wasn't funny enough. Well, that's because Roger Moore made a mockery of the fucking. Yeah, I mean, Roger Moore's a fucking clown. Fucking Roger Moore. <laughs> I do love that uh, Dalton as as Bond took it upon himself to order a better bottle of champagne for uh, <laughs> Koskov in the uh, in the hideaway. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. In some of the occasions when Bond was actually dressed up, like the opera scenes or the um, the scene in Tangiers where he's rocking that tan suit, Dalton pulls it off well. He uh, he pulls off a good tux. Kind of sucks that you see him in in robes most of the time, but I have to imagine that Timothy Dalton is probably the only James Bond that could pull off wearing a tuxedo, going to like a circus or a carnival, playing carnival games, and driving bumper cars. Maybe Daniel Craig, and we haven't gotten to Daniel Craig yet, but, like, there's no fucking way Roger Moore pulls off driving around bumper cars with the Bond girl in a tuxedo without you just laughing your ass off. I'm the sorry. giant, giant stuffed animal, too. Yeah. Like, it, like it, actually, like it actually worked. Like, his, him as an actor there, it worked. Yeah, because Roger Moore would be like a father-daughter type thing, not <laughs> like a... Hades <laughs> <laughs> will be da- 80 by the time this would happen. Call yeah. me daddy. <laughs> Yeah, and that I mean that scene with Saunders in the car too was perfect. You know, it was it, it shows Bond's disdain for his profession. He's just like, yeah, if I get fired, I'm gonna thank him for it. Yep. And yep. you know, Fuck why didn't you why didn't you kill her? Well, I only kill professionals. You know, it's just yes. so, so cold. You're just like, damn, this guy. Yeah. I also liked that they were purposefully zooming in on the trigger, and you saw that it was a Walther sniper rifle. Really appreciated that. I really appreciate that. All right, I can't find this, but we're just going to keep going because there's a lot of good stuff happening here. So Dalton, like, probably our darkest Bond yet, right? Absolutely. I think so. Most believable, too. Like, he, I believe in a, a, he could kill somebody, and, like, he looked it, he acted it. I appreciated the introduction of the new Bond. You know, you get a couple of double O's, you don't see any faces. They dive out of the back of the plane. We'll get into the plane in the, the opening sequence section. But... Things are happening, and the other shitbag double O's get offed, and you just get this turnaround look from Dalton, and he's revealed. While I really like the, the reveal of, of Lazenby, I like that we're, we're in a different era, and we're not, we're not making a comedy of it. We're not breaking the fourth wall here. It's just, here he is, here's the new Bond, and he just springs right into action. Look... I love the fact that we don't have a, a 57-year-old guy who the only stunt he has ever done is have sex with, you know, Mayday. Um, and that's a, the most, like, the biggest stunt he's ever done in his entire history of Bond. Like, Dalton did most of his own stunts. 
So, and, and it shows you're not in a, a comical skydiving scene where there's somebody that's not either of these characters. We've pointed that out previously before. It, it's a more serious, it's a more serious character playing Bond. And I appreciate it. I think Dalton's a little bit underrated. I don't think the writing that was given to him was all the best. He's, he's not going to be the top three Bond, but he's not the worst actor to ever play Bond. See, like- Mike, I, I disagree with you. I think the intro to Dalton, I mean, I didn't hold it against him in the score. Mm-hmm. This was more of a opening sequence score. I think the intro to Bond wasn't as good as it could have been with a new Bond because you got all these double O's in the plane. You're like, well, who's the new Bond? Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know who it is because it's Dalton. You Are you led to believe one of those guys is the new James Bond, you know? Mm-hmm. I hope Just, not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but I disagree because, I mean, we're going to bleed. Look, this is all, unfortunately has to bleed into the opening sequence, but you get a violent bond, right? This guy dives on the back of a truck with explosives, puts a knife through it, gets in the front seat, headbutts and starts stabbing this guy. Oh, and afterwards. Dri- and then drives this thing off the cliff and gets yeah. the hell out. I mean, you got a violent. Like, right. All of that is fine. Yeah, I'm just, like, I'm just saying, like, the, I'm saying the, the opening time, sequence. You, you don't, there's not a lot of like, like, real like gritty hand-to-hand combat in bond in the previous 14 movies no, it's that's, more that's batman fantastic. judo pow wham it's all fantastic yeah. that that entire sequence which we'll get to mm-hmm. is fantastic and, we'll it, we'll and get it, do, it does it does show like you said the stunt i'm just saying that that first opening piece where they're in the plane you don't see bond right away you don't know who bond is you don't know who the new bond is so I think I think that was a little bad, but that affected the opening sequence score, not the Bond performance score. Yeah, Bond performance for me was a seven point five. I thought Dalton did probably. I don't remember what I scored Lazenby on his first, or but I would say it's it's a pretty comparable performance. He's a believable Bond, um, like we talked about. He's he's dark, he's cold, very stern. You know, there's no comedy in in this Bond. You know, even rare to see him smile. I happen to like some of the delivery of his lines. I didn't hate his Bond, James Bond. You know, it was to the point that's, I think that surmises everything about Dalton, right? He is a to the point Bond. I think the dry delivery of some of his quotes when he's slicing the car in half with a laser or whatever it might be, like the dry delivery is like, this is a hardened Bond who, if we follow the chronology here, He's had wives killed. He's had friends killed. Like, you know, this is a guy that's just numb to society. So, he's seen it all. Yeah. This is a guy with the world of the map on his face and has seen some shit. So uh, I believe it. It makes, it makes perfect sense to me. I mean, save the world 15 times. Like, it's going to get to you eventually. But uh, I love the, the Dalton era. Much darker. I was so over the Roger Moore comedy era. The first few movies were good. A few laughs here and there. I was at a 7.5, but there were some other characters and actors who were in consideration for this role. Uh, Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. They wanted Sean Bean. And the worst option available would have been Mel Gibson and probably would have canceled James Bond. Well, we said it earlier, though. You got to get it right. The, the, the role was originally offered to Pierce Brosnan. It was offered Correct. to and accepted. They announced it. They were running commercials. And on the last day... Remington Steele got picked up by like NBC from CBS and Pierce Brosnan got screwed. And then they ended up canceling Remington, Remington Steele anyway. The rest is history. This should and would have been Pierce Brosnan. Um, Dalton was one of the, the original thoughts 
way back after Connery, um, you know, they went back to Dalton. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not happy. Like, I'm not unhappy that we didn't get Brosnan at this point, And I'm, I'm happy we got Dalton. Cause I, like I said earlier, he's a very serviceable bond. I think he did a good job. I think mm-hmm. he's, I like the dark side of him. I like how he gives zero fucks. I like his sarcasm. He has like a lot of sarcasm in the, in the movie, but to DJ's point earlier, why Sean Connery is my favorite. The guy has game and he has just that suave to him. That's what I think of. when I think of James Bond, Dalton just doesn't have that with him. Nothing like he does a great job. I just, I'm not a fan of James Bond only being just dark and just being able to kill you. Like, um, also like, um, shit, fuck. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> he's, got, he's, got, he's got that Connery big dick swagger. Listen, he's got, he's got a great chin. He's got that look on him, but his fucking gun barrel stinks. I disagree with you. I think his gun barrel is fucking good. I love I, his gun barrel. I don't like his gun barrel. Oh, fuck you. His gun barrel I, is good. His gun barrel <laughs> might you. be no. the worst. Might no. be the worst. No, no fucking way. The, the guy that did, the Who's guy that worst? did the, Who's worse? The, 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 the fucking moron that was the stunt double did the first three fucking Bonds for Connor. I agree, I agree. I don't count him as James Bond, though. Well, wait, he's the first three fucking movies. How do you that not count him? That guy's in the trash. That guy's in the trash can. How do you not count him? He stinks. He stinks. He's he in the trash that. can. He's not even James Bond. He's he does that little jabroni. fucking hop. He's some jabroni that we don't even see as James Bond. He did more gun barrels than Sean Connery fucking did. It's an same average amount. gun barrel. Average. Same, amount of, same amount. Same amount. Is. Good it's gun average. barrel. No you, thrills it's a good about gun barrel. it. But I mean, the freaking coat does a little spin too as he as he goes for it. It's at the bottom. Oh, good afternoon, Mr. Bond. You will need your usual suite. Not tonight, Hans. Uh, something with a second bedroom. Yes, sir. Shall I have the vodka martini sent up? Shaken, not stirred. Of course. Of course. <laughs> with a little head nod from Hans. That's good. That's good. It, it's a great delivery. That's excellent. But no, Trey. Back to your point about uh, Bond just being a suave guy. I don't. I don't see any any of that in Dalton at all. Correct. Like, there's there's no sweet talk in there. There's no, no like no. He does, no. he does not strike you as a ladies man. He's a good looking guy, but there's no game. He has a zero game. Not. The scene that encompasses it all when he shows up to the and I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, I guess he's so insignificant in the movie. But the the replacement Gogol begins with the P. Pushkin, really, really crappy goatee. Pushkin. Yeah. So when he shows up to first go and threaten him, and basically Dalton just rips his gumad's clothes off, puts her in front to you know distract the guards coming in. I mean, that's a guy that's just ruthless. He's got no game, but he's ruthless. And I think that goes with uh, this era of movies where in the eighties we have all these action flicks, uh, lethal weapons coming out. I think the Die Hard era. People just wanted action at this point. So maybe that's some of their uh, logic on getting away from some of the womanizing. And I don't hate that. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate the, it, it, the it, Not at all. I, I don't hate that at all. I just like in my I Bond, get what you're saying because yeah. that's what Bond has become. That's Correct. an element of the Bond movies is, exactly. is uh, mm-hmm. womanizing. I, but, and that's what this one thing that this movie does in License Skill. There's a lot of action when there is action. When there's not action, it's boring. Thanks. Yeah, but this is this is a hard course correct from the Moore era. And what I do appreciate from from Dalton here 
All right. you, you probably got people in different camps. At this point of the series, you're 25 years in, give or take. You got 50% of the people that are that are Connery people. The other 50-ish percent are 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 more people. And you know, and Dalton comes in, puts his stamp down, and doesn't do anything that either one of the other two do, which is actually very impressive. But it's also kind of polarizing. Yeah, and maybe you didn't have a chance just because of that reason, just because more or less how you grow up, right? Like, I grew up on Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily my favorite, but GoldenEye is one of my favorites. It's just, I guess that's just how you grew up. And around the 80s, a lot of the people are more guy. Like, you'll see more. Roger Moore are going to be their bond. I don't, I, don't know what, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that, but... Fuck, like, Dalton only had two movies, and that's getting held up against him. And just like Lazenby. Yeah, they got shortchanged. Yeah, and like... It, they got shortchanged. And it was a short amount of time, too. I think uh, Dalton was 87 and 89. It was over before it was, like, even started. Right. Look, we said it on this podcast. If Lazenby was given Diamonds or Thunderball, different movies. If you sure. gave If you gave Dalton View to a Kill... Oh, that would have been very good as a dark movie. And then these yeah. two, like if you if you Him gave, and Walken, if you gave amazing. If you gave, yeah, if you gave Dalton View to a Kill, it'd be an unbelievable mm-hmm. movie. Agreed. Well, it's a different movie. Yeah, I think I think we said that. Like View to the Kill, that's that's all I was missing really is a good Bond girl and a good Bond. And if you put a different Bond there, I think it may have elevated the the Bond girl in the movie. Because. Eh. But the, but, but the problem with Maybe. the Bond girl, the problem with the Bond girl Maybe. was the writing. They wrote, it's not the actress's fault that they wrote a scene that she didn't see a blimp coming to pick her up. Like, yeah. you know, that's not the actress's fault. Everyone anyway. got their, back everyone to, got their Bond girl. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think, I'm pretty sure we've beaten, we've beaten this Dalton train <laughs> to fucking death at this point. Bond performance uh, for everyone was a 7.5, by the way, unless someone. Wow, really? Something. I think that's a first. Has that ever happened? I don't think so. It's only think, taken what fifteen uh, fucking movies for us to. I agree wanted to on a go bond? higher. I really did want to go yeah. higher, and I just I couldn't. Look, I I, w- I would have gone much higher. I think the writing held this back for him. I do. I, I think the writing, the script, held this back for for I, Dalton. I, I think it's. I think my score is going to be higher for License to Kill. I can't. I have to rewatch it again. I've, I've rewatched these movies a thousand times. I can't. For all the people listening at home, just think about starting a podcast about your favorite series, <laughs> and then like watching that series. A thousand more times, like, mm-hmm. but I can't. I can't wait to watch *License Kill*. I remember really liking the movie, and I think Dalton does even a better job in that. So I'm excited for it. And then we have to be a somewhat critical critical of movies we all claim to love and actually do love. Sometimes it's hard to find something to rip them apart about. Let's talk about villains. these crap Bond villains. Shitty Bond villains. Apart. Uh, to quote, to quote Trey, they stink, stink, stink. <laughs> These Bond villains are terrible. Georgie Koskov is a fucking clown. He's a sleazebag. The setup for the Bond villains is great. No, no, no. it's terrible. No, no, no. How, the, the, that, no, no, no. Scene, that scene at the hideaway with Koskov is fucking terrible. No, no, anyone no, no. anyone the, can the, believe that the this act, guy fucking... They're different. They don't want to stop. stop. Before we get to that, the acting is horrific. <laughs> okay? That scene is god awful. I am talking about the the more broader picture of the fact that a prominent Russian general defects and is actually a double agent. That is a great setup. The execution of it is fucking horrible. The well, actor the, is terrible. 
the and defection then it just takes scene, a dive to shit. Defection scene might be one of my favorite scenes in the film. <laughs> yeah. Where the, the, the lady just smothers her breasts all over this guy. <laughs> yes. like, Laid it up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, totally hilarious. Uh, I think that was the only thing I enjoyed about Koskov in this entire film. Him crying like a little bitch getting into the, uh, the pipeline. Oh, have you tested it before? Not with people. He is so unbelievable. That scene where he's in like the hideaway after he's defected and Bond comes in delivering, you know, the whole checklist of items that M asked him to get. Koskov is a clown. Mm-hmm. He stinks. <laughs> Even like when what you get the to- fuck. There's <laughs> <laughs> <Are you> a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my little one trying to crack fucking get to under the door into my into my office. <laughs> even even he thinks Koskov stinks. That's why he's crying. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Even like <laughs> when he gets kidnapped by a necros when they're at the mansion retreat, like unbelievable, like just bad on Koskov's end. But he was a total sleazeball. Like he even like gave no, up. Koskov his, wanted to. He he deliberately went with him. That was the point. Soup. He didn't I know. Get kidnapped. I, no, but I'm saying that the stage kidnap. His acting in that scene was bad. Obviously, it was stage. I love Necros fighting in the kitchen, even though he almost lost a fight. But Necros was good, but he wasn't the Bond villain here. I think right. he would he would have been an even better henchman. I'm pretty high on him, but I'll get to mm-hmm. that in the supporting cast and henchmen. I think with a better Bond villain, he would even elevate even higher as a henchman. Yeah, I agree. Quite possibly. I I put Koskov and Whitaker both in the Bond villain category because neither one was equal. You know, yeah, I put the two of them there together. Um, Same thing. I, I think it was like a 50-50 Bond villain split where it could have, if they executed it better, it probably really could have been spectacular. But, you know, instead they split everything between two not great characters and it just ended really flat with all. Whitaker of them. is a fucking loser, by the loser. way. Loser, loser. Playing, playing with his fucking army figures in the, the yeah. conclusion scene, he's a fucking loser. We see him either eat or play with his toys. Yeah. That he, is idolizes, he idolizes <laughs> losers. Look, uh, since, since we're shitting on him, right, I'll mention this in, in his death sequence, but the gun that guy is holding, that's the same fucking gun from one of the American Gladiators fucking boards where they're shooting the missiles up yep. at, like, the guy yep. with the tennis ball. With the plexiglass he's, yeah, over he's it. he's got an yeah. American Gladiator's weapon. I hate it. That I thing comes it. on, I'm going, bum, ba, bum, 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 I'm waiting for, like, you know, like a fucking game show to start. It was ridiculous. They were bad, guys. The, but, um, the, these guys, as a duo, were terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, not one of them stood out. Uh, I think they're, they're basement-tier Bond villains for me. This is, like... This is almost as low, if not lower, than Kamal Khan category. Yeah, I agree. And you can't have your henchman, which I, I don't think – you like Necros, DJ. I, I think he's an average henchman. Even him being average, you can't have your henchman outshine you as your main villain. That's like Super. the number one role, I feel like. Uh, Supal, what, what did you score this Bond villain category? I'm interested. Bond villain, I was at a 6.5. Where'd you start before we started talking about it? I was at 6.5. I think I texted DJ today. I swapped Bond Girl and maybe Conclusion, I think it was. But I like the whole Koskov double cross thing. I see somebody spying on my scores now. Acting, I admit, was bad. Why'd you you delete that comment that was in your Bond performance score? I think I was hacked. I think while I was speaking of the Russians, I think that was up here. That's some... uh, 
collusion going on against me. <laughs> I don't have much else to say on the Bonneville. They're very forgettable. Like, like, like DJ said, they're in the basement. I got, a, I got it at 4.0. I feel like that's generous, to be quite honest with you. I kind of want to go lower as we keep talking about it. Because what do these guys, what do they offer us other than a double cross? I'm, uh, I'm with you, Trey. I'm, I'm at a 4 or 5, and I might go lower. Because uh, these guys, there's no redeeming quality of, about them in a Bond villain. Like, listen, wow. they, couldn't even get their, they couldn't even get their main goal accomplished. Like, they, right. they, had, they had to settle on getting the, the opium to move because they couldn't figure out the, the gun part of it. Yeah, I, guys, I, I'm moving it down to a three. I got, and I feel like still that's being generous. I'm going from a four to a three. So I'm, I'm a 4.0. The, the overall villain scheme here stinks. The Thanks. double the, the double cross stuff early, like it's it's good setup, and then it's just there's just nothing going on. I don't here. I don't see there's nothing the reason, going on. Yeah, I don't see the reason of having Brad Whitaker in. in, in this I, I also don't see any reason other than the fact that. Necros was dispatched to kill double O agents. Other than that fact, there's no reason for MI6 to be dispatched on this mission at all. At all. Like this, this is so far below what a, a, a super spy MI6 agent 15 movies in should be handling. This like, is this is the, a Russian problem. Like, these are two. These are Bond... two regional clowns. Yeah. These are two regional clowns. The international man of mystery, the international super spy, James Bond, should not. This is the equivalent of when the when the fire department goes to take a cat out of the tree. That's what the, That's who these villains are. It, I, I it's a waste of time. I would but, rather their plan just be just kill them, just killing double O agents, just wanting them to kill yeah. all the, the spies. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was Straight the plot, just them just killing all the spies, not this fucking opium bullshit that we go on to in Tangier, or Afghanistan, wherever we're at. That's all bullshit to me. We should just went to just, they just want to kill all the spies. They just want to eliminate like their opposition and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Trey, I'm, I'm with you. I'm dropping mine a full point after having this conversation. It's, it's a three, five. I got nothing. I have nothing positive to say about these guys. No. I'm dropping down to a 5.0. I'll drop it too. <laughs> Can I do that? Five soup? You sure I'm can. Down five. <laughs> and so you're, you're gonna hate this movie. You're gonna hate it. No, and, and guess what? <laughs> Brad Whitaker was so he, he was so forgettable. Will he go? They got to cast Brad Whitaker like five years later for Jack Wade's CIA. That's how forgettable he was. They even acknowledge him. He's much more memorable as Jack Wade. Hope he shows us the rose. <sighs> okay, Fuck. let's move past these villains. <laughs> Great let's, reference. Let's yep. talk more about some, like another character that I hate. Bond girl, Bond girl, Kara Milovi. Awesome. Loved her. Celloist. Is it celloist or like, is that? Cellist. 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 Cellist Cellist. is the proper pronunciation. Okay. Should we start off with low or high? Also a great getaway vehicle. Yeah. Um, I think, I think we should start off low and then let Supel come in with the high score and, and give us a reason why he scored it so high. Sure. Uh, All right. So, Trey, you can start because you're low. <laughs> Look, I think really the only positive thing I can say about her, there's two, there's two positives I'll say about her. We're already up to two. Her good, she's good looking, which is you got to be good looking as a Bond girl. I have to be attracted to her. Debatable. Otherwise, well, for me, as, as, a, as an audience member, I have to be attracted to the woman to like 
for me to want to be James Bond if I'm not attracted to her? Like, I, I, why do I care? I'm saying she's debatable as a very good looking. Oh, okay. Girl. You don't sure. find her. You don't find her. Attractive? I think she's. I think she's attractive. I, I think, think she's, she's very stunning. attractive. I think she's I, very attractive. I think she's, she's a average. very attractive. Bond, Bond girl. Um, she was just average. I don't think she has a brain. If I'm going to be quite honest with you, I don't think she like. I don't think she's intelligent whatsoever. I think she's she can play the cello. That's that's nice, mm-hmm. but she's just along for the ride. I feel like this entire movie, other than her being connected to the plot, being Koskov's girlfriend what does she serve in this film whatsoever i think she now i'm about to drop her score because i hate her so much just even talking about her i think her peak moment i guess in the film was like in afghanistan when shah i can't remember his name shah right I, this guy yeah, didn't, like shah. bond saves this guy and he's like not wanting to help out bond after he's in a tough situation and she pulls like his ar and just rides off like after bond and in uh, the horse i thought that was like her peak moment and after that, like, she almost drives the plane into a cliff. She was flying the plane the entire time while Bond is hanging out the back defeating Necros. Could you right. do a better job flying the plane? I, I, I believe I could hold the steering wheel steady yeah. as much as she did. And look, and she also was, <laughs> look, and she was also able to drive a Jeep into the back of a moving plane during takeoff. That, okay, that's impressive. I mean, yeah. I gave her a she four. Does a couple, she, does a couple, she does a couple interesting things here. Yeah, she's not at a one. She's at a four. I think I'm being pretty generous, but for her to fuck Bond and the Ferris wheel and then still care for Costco afterwards. <laughs> Sorry. She, she yeah. flip-flops so much. Oh, it was, flip-flops. It was Georgie this, Georgie that. I did this for Georgie. He did this, brought me through uh, school for, you know, got me this beautiful cello, whatever. It was all... Everything out of her mouth was Georgie this, Georgie that. And then, oh, yo, Bond, yeah, I'm so sorry. I did this to you. I drugged you, and then you got captured. <laughs> I roofied you. Yeah. Now we're in can, Afghanistan prison. Can we talk about the, the giant plot hole, that, like, montage sequence of the Ferris wheel and bumper cars of them falling for one another? And then she just picks up a cell phone and calls Koskov, and it's like, hey, so where you been? Well, what about the plot like, hole of, like, what the fuck? She's Death like to a, all spies, and they drug the guy. Why don't they just put a bullet in his head and end him? Kill him, or, or, like, or just put cyanide in the martini. Just there you home. go. You know, movies, movies over, series is over. Bad yeah. guys win. But listen, and kills Dumbledore. Call it. Listen, I'm, she, I'm calling she doesn't. She doesn't do it for me at all. No. You just are you just talking about just her looks or just Bond girl in general? Both. I think she's average looking. <laughs> I, I don't think she's beautiful by any means i think her acting stinks yeah i don't think she was a good actress at all Agreed. i don't know i don't know what other film she has been in but she was awful i i said she was just so needy and everything out of out of her mouth was georgie this georgie that flip-flops more times and i don't even know I, I lost track of whether she was more in love with georgie or bond at, at any given time <laughs> i mean she had to bring that fucking cello everywhere she went Thankfully, it doubles as a sled, and it's it's a forgettable performance. Like, I couldn't even remember her name halfway through. Like, yeah, the film. I was just like, uh, what's her name, her name again? Yeah, her name stinks. She has a terrible Bond girl name. Yep. Like, I, I think when I was scoring it, I had it. I wrote it down wrong. Like, I just I just didn't. <laughs> I didn't like it. Just didn't register. It was just so you, forgettable. What did you score her? I scored her a four. Okay. Uh, I I think it's a very forgettable Bond girl performance here. Yeah, what's well, I mean? What's her title or plot other than being Costco's girlfriend? Honestly, like she serves no purpose. 
Originally, they wanted the actress, I want to say maybe for Spy Who Loved Me. I know she was sitting next to Broccoli on a plane and almost booked her for something. But again, Bond Universe, a few years later, they call her and cast her. Supal, I want you to convince me to raise my score up. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's let Mike score or All right. talk about his because he was, he was at a five. I'm a five. So, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm middle of the road on this. I think DJ's dead wrong. I think she is stunningly beautiful. I think she is a I very, I think she's a very good looking Bond girl. It's just not DJ's the, type. Yeah, and that's fine. But DJ's again, that's own. why my score is higher. I'm going to tell you, I think she's a, a very beautiful Bond girl. Yep. Um, Likewise. Three quarters of this movie, I think she's Tiffany Case. And then there's, at the end, she actually does some action toward the close of this movie. They tried to make her relevant. They didn't really execute it very well. They didn't show her struggling to fly the plane the way they really could have. But, you know, they did the, the, the driving sequence. She is flying the plane. She's more involved in the end of this movie than she should be, which is where I moved this from probably what should have been a four to a five because of that. But I'm not going anywhere anywhere older than that, uh, over that. Like I said to you, three quarters of the way through the movie, she just decides to pick up the pick up the phone and you know call Georgie and be like, hey, so I've been traveling through all these countries with Bond. What are you doing? There's this big, giant, weird plot hole there that just, uh, I couldn't go any higher than that. I liked how she was a two-timing and playing both men. It's something Bond has done countless times. So I appreciated her using oh. him. Using was, she, was she actually two-timing yeah, she and actually playing them? Two-timing. Or, I don't think or she was, was knowingly she, doing this. Because like, if you no, watch the scene, if you watch the car scene, where she gets into an Aston Martin with a guy that's got fucking lasers, missiles, and a fucking rocket propeller out the back, and she believes whatever bullshit Timothy Dalton tells her. No, this girl's a moron. Like she is a moron. Like, yeah, no at brain. least in that. It, let me rephrase, let me rephrase it. In that scene, she's a fucking moron. Because if you get into a if you get into a fucking car with a guy that's got missiles behind his headlights and lasers that cut a car in half. Yeah, you're going to question that. Yeah, lasers. She probably no. should have also questioned Yogi when he's like, oh, can you lean out this window with a rifle and pretend to shoot me? Mm-hmm. I yeah. can't wait for you to cut this one, Mike, and you cut yourself saying, moron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so parts of this are like the ultimate Bond bimbo girl. It's fucking terrible. I think right, they really brought right, some of that back. Uh, soup. Let's go. Yeah, let's, let's hear it, man. <laughs> Defend, defend, well, Convince well, us. Can we start Convince with where, where, what number did you start at? I started at an 8.0. That's a strong score. That's a, that's a I, big score. It felt that, genuine. When they were at the carnival, it felt like his first real connection to a female since uh, On Her Majesty's. And the fact that she didn't have some type of sexy, provocative uh, name. Well, now, can I oh. ask you a question? Yes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So the only reason it felt like a genuine connection is because no Bond girl can have a genuine connection with Roger Moore because no. he's old mm. and his fucking balls he's hung past his kneecaps. Ball. He's their daddy. So but, but let that's, me ask the, that's the only reason why there was a connection with another Bond but here. Are you giving a Connery score? didn't have strong like... But are you giving a like score? That. Are you giving her an elevated score? Because Timothy Dalton is a good actor. Uh, uh, that really explained for me. I because just if Timothy Dalton he... is showing that he has a genuine connection with her. That's all Dalton. I don't think that's her. Now, I don't, I'm not disagreeing that it would elevate the Bond score. I'm just devil's advocate asking the question. 
I think it affected both of the scores, personally, for me at least, but it just felt real, the carnival scene. Uh, as Trey mentioned, the Ferris wheel shenanigans, that was a great scene. I love that. Uh, even the ski chase with the cello came in handy. She stepped up a little bit in uh, Afghanistan or wherever we were on the map, helping escape the cell, leading the horses with the uh, extremists to help uh, free whoever. I don't know the political term for our friends. Uh, and I also loved at the end where uh, he went to a performance and she was shocked to see him. Also, if she's like this world-renowned, what, what do we say, cellist? Ch- cellist. Cellist. How, cellist. How is she still playing this cello with a fucking bullet hole in it? It has to alter the sound somehow. Has to. Uh. So oh, she's just like, all right, I'm still going to ride with this fucking battle, battle-worn cello. The one that we fucking skied down to the Alps with or and got fucking shot in. Like, fuck that. But also, she's going to hang on to it, even though it's a memento of Georgie. Correct. We're not going to go, go get a new one. Guys, I'm so over this girl. And- <laughs> I liked, and I think another factor for me is I rarely base it on, like, appearance. I thought she was a very attractive uh, Bond girl. One of my favorites, personally, look-wise, but. Super, you're not doing a good job convincing me here. We all have yeah, different honestly. Hey, Look, you don't I do think, a good uh, job convincing me either. I think short hair. I think short hair. Linda on the yacht in the opening sequence, smoke show. Yeah, it's a smoke show. Yeah, yeah, let her let her be the Bond girl. Yeah, all that was that. that was opening <laughs> opening credit score for me. Yeah. not not Bond girl score. I'm just mentioning it because it's it, yeah. it's on Super's background. Or or tonight. or Pushkin's girl. Oh, oh yeah. Push, Pushkin's oh, girl yeah. was a smoke. It's really or Money Penny. Money Penny. Money Penny. Money Penny. We haven't gotten Money Penny. Money Penny is excellent in this movie. Yeah, my favorite. Excellent Money Penny. We've we've spent enough time talking about Kara here. Let's let's move the fuck off this. Hey, girl. you remembered her name. I did a good job. I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you take that from me. So, but we watched this movie like four or five times more than we should have. We we're gonna we're we're gonna remember it. Uh, Other people have watched it once, probably not. So, outside of Subal, we all have our own opinions on the Bond girl here with three versus one. However, I, I think moving to guns, cars, gadgets, I think we're all going to be kind of aligned here, unless I'm wrong. This, this was a strong point for this yep. film. I think this is a great category for the film. I think there's a realism, but you know, they allude back to some of the older some of the older comical more era. You get some serious gadgets, but then you also get to see Q Branch fucking around with the couch that eats somebody, the boombox RPG mm-hmm. um, in Q Branch. Like, I think you get a lot of really cool things here. That sniper rifle that Bond used was sick. Yep. It was yep. so dope. And then I, lo- I love the quip about it, too, where he's just like, no, steel tip bullets. Like, thinking about it when he shot the sniper rifle out of her hands, like, if, if it was steel tip, would it just, like, shatter the gun? Like, would it go through the gun? I don't know. I mean, I it's, des- it's designed to go through body armor, right? So, like, yep. I don't know. That was a little bit I mean, the same scene. The same scene. Bond's tux turns into like a clandestine jacket pops the lapels over and they become a jacket and he's just walking out in the street incognito. Everything in this movie I thought was really well done. Like yeah. you, you had catch. the, you, you had the, you had the uh, alluding to some of the comicalness of the bond, but I think most of the gadgets, most of them were very realistic. And, the, and they served the purpose in the film. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. how many, how many times the did you use the, the whistle initiated gas bomb? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the universal keys, the V8 Aston Martin, which was, 
awesome. Top three awesome car. car for me. Oh, I mean that thing's life, lo- loaded with. I mean, loaded with everything, right? I mean, yeah. it had it had rockets, it had lasers, it had a, a rocket skis. booster, skis, rocket booster, skis, self destruct yeah. button, self destruction button. It was good. That was I a mean, good car. Even the bad guys, right? Even Necros had some decent gadgets, right? Exploding I, milk, <laughs> exploding milk bombs. Yeah, yeah. come on, <laughs> that's great. But like, I mean, look, I, I'm making an assumption here because it was never really shown, but I'm assuming the Walkman wire was like the old Bond watch wire that they used mm-hmm. to use, like in Russia. We used to choke guys mm-hmm. out because, I mean, I've never choked anybody out with a headphone cord, but I'm imagining you probably need something better than just a headphone cord. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make the assumption here that that thing had some kind of metal lining to it. I'm probably diving way too deep into this, but then again, we're doing a, we're doing <laughs> also, a podcast. We're doing a, we're doing a movie-by-movie podcast about James Bond, so I'm going to take that fucking liberty. I don't care. Necros had a good good toss on those milk bombs, by the way. He was pretty accurate. You really trying to drive up that Necro score, I feel like. <laughs> He'd be a good cornhole partner. <laughs> Listen, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna be sky high, but it's gonna it's gonna be higher than you. That's all, Trey. That's right. Even the gadget where they had Koskov to escape in the pipeline. That was kinda cool how they uh, redesigned yep. the pipeline. I honestly soup. I didn't even put that into yeah, like those I didn't cars. Even put that in there, but uh, it is. Yeah, but it, it's it is. It's good. It's basically a go kart in the pipeline to get them across the border. And like you mentioned, the suit changing, like something so simple. I miss that, and I'm probably going to change the score just because of a suit. It's such a realistic gadget. The guy walks out of an opera in a tux and just literally pulls the lapel across, and now it looks like he's wearing a spy leather jacket, just yeah. covered up. Yeah, I was I was high. I was an eight point five on Guns Cars gadgets. I thought they hit everything really here. There wasn't anything that I loved more than the car. The car was probably the the highlight of of this score, but everything was pretty, like you said, realistic, and, and it was integral to the overall plot of the film. There was a lot of usage of these gadgets, and you had a little bit of comedy in, in the Q branch scenes. So. I think we had uh, two Q brands scenes, which is very rare for a Bond film, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Not one, but two. I gave it an 8.0. It was really high on the score. Two Q branch scenes. The sniper rifle, like you alluded to, DJ, fucking awesome. Uh, exploding milk, King Ring, <laughs> missile, <laughs> uh, whistle, and uh, the Ashton Martin V8, probably my favorite Bond car. 8.0. 7.5 after the whole uh, tuxedo thing I missed. but Really? You're going to go 8.5 on the fucking Bond girl, but you're going to go 7.5 on the guns, cars, and gadgets in this fucking movie? Backwards. Oh, yeah. He just, boosted, he just boosted it a point, by the way, for everyone listening at home. <laughs> I, said I, I said I was boosting it. So we're at four boosted categories already. <laughs> you have arguably one of the better, like, it's not the DB5, but you have possibly the most armed Bond car ever that's not an invisible one and die another day, and you're, you're fucking point and a half below. The color didn't do it for me. The color. It's a very Honestly, neutral color. <laughs> I, might, I might even go higher than 8.5. I'm, I'm, on the fence. I'm on the fence about making that a 9, to be honest. It really, I think it's it, a great category for this one. I mean, like, what, yeah. what I didn't know was when the tires get blown out and they use the rims to cut the ice, are they purposefully sharper rims? That, like, am I yeah. just assuming? I don't know. But, Maybe. like, he donuts an entire, you know, a frozen lake to, to take out one of the bad guys. To no. date? Two days. This, this might be the highest score I think for Guns Cars gadgets. It might be the best 
that the guns, cars, gadgets have factored into a Bond mm-hmm. film that we have scored so far, for me, at least. And not in a comical way. It's not the Thunderball jetpack that, while kind of existed, is not really realistic. Everything in this movie was realistic. Even while we laugh about, you know, milk bottle bombs, they're basically like, you know, just milk bottles turned into Molotov cocktails. Now, yeah, they were colored differently for the movie, but everything here has a, a general level of realism. Absolutely. Except for Super Bowl score. <laughs> yeah. And but. with this being a realistic uh, category, no uh, federal agencies called the movie set to inquire about these items, which is very rare for a Bond film. Because they had, already had them. We've had three or four now, but they could have called for the exploding milk. They already had them. I mean, this exploding milk is just a chemical mix that, you know, is put in the bottle. That's That's fine. Make it cloudy and you're good. Done. All what right. We got? Yeah, we're done. We're done with. <laughs> done. We, we're done with Guns, Cars, Gadgets. Supporting cast, henchmen. Supporting, supporting cast. Oh, here we go, baby. Oh, money pain. <laughs> Let's go. This is, this is my favorite category to talk about right now. So supporting cast, henchmen, MI6. Listen, M, I'll start off on the low point. M still stinks. He sucks. Yeah, sucks. I, don't, I don't. Look, this guy doesn't. This guy can't sniff, you know, Bernard Lee's fucking shorts. Yes, yeah. it, it's a it's a hard like act yeah. to follow, but he sucks. They'd be better what? off just keeping the minister of defense and not having an M. Yeah, they'd, Can they'd, we, they'd be fine with the minister of defense. Let's talk about M in the opening sequence for a second. What kind of idiot has all these papers the all over his desk in the back, of, plane? In, in the back of a plane? I love it. And it's, and he knows these people are going to open the gate and jump out. He just briefed them on it all. And he put on a safety harness. And he's just got he's just got all these papers flying around everywhere. Like, are you a fucking idiot? What? Like, I mean, what also though, can't, can't you dispatch a deputy for a training mission on this one? What is the head of a the head of a ministry? Right. This is the, basically the equivalent of the 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 director of the CIA. This is in in the British government. This is a cabinet level position. This is as high a level position as possible. What the fuck is that guy doing in the back of a C-17 with a desk and clocks and painted wood next to the opening? Made no like, sense. Made no M- sense. Look, I, I appreciate the fact that they have an MI6 desk everywhere, but this just made no <laughs> sense. Just made no sense. M-, M is lucky that the rest of his MI6 supporting cast was able to lift this score high because if there was, if there was no solid Q scenes in here and, and he's as solid as ever, just as good. If, if there is no money penny, this MI6 score is absolutely trash. But the money I think, penny, I think huge. Q is hitting a, a groove now. Yeah, like, I think I think Q is really carrying some stuff. And uh, Q was uh, quite connected. Uh, he had some visitors on the set too. Confirmed kills three, probable kills two. Assassination methods: strangulation with hands or thighs. Well, James, she's just your type. Wrong again, money oh. penny. You are. Natasha's I'll file that with the other Probably secret information around here. Something we're making for the Americans. It's called a ghetto blaster. Anytime you want to drop by and listen to my Barry Manilow collection. Love it. Love did, he just, did, he just, did he just smack her on the ass? Totally no, did. I, I, did. No, no, no. That was a smack on the ass. I mean, no. that, that hand was like low, man. Dude, that hand no. was low. Hang on. You don't see the hands I thought, if you hear I thought, a smack. I thought he was just smacking the... Uh, no, the no, no. No, 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 no. That was 
I don't think so. Let's let's let's. Yeah. Well, judge, judge is ruling kids. Anytime you want to drop by and listen to my Barry Manilow collection. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh he double tapped. Block oh, charge. Okay. Rewatching that, I can. Whoa. I, I'm 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 in the ass slap boat. Oh, That's yeah. the first time I noticed that. I never yeah. know. I didn't. I didn't notice it either. So we just watched I, it together. Yeah, that that is harassment in the workplace, my friend. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean. It it both won't age this movie well, but might also boost my bond score all at the same time. Guys, Money yeah. Penny is an absolute smoke show. The best oh, looking just... woman in this film. Yes, yes, I agree. They tapped into early on that the dirty secretary look works. They they just they they realized this not having a uh, a woman older than Roger Moore in a big poofy pink sweater. Money Penny up until this point has been a saint and we appreciate her service, but I think she has long stayed her welcome for what the role is supposed to be in the movie. Here to the books, Bond is 30, 35. Money Penny's in her late 20s, early 30s something that Bond is going after. Money Penny should not be a grandmotherly person. That's just yeah. it's just, just not that's not the way the books ever intended it. So while we're we're sorry to see Doris go, it's a breath of fresh air to the character now. Bonus points for Money Penny liking Barry Manilow. Hundred <laughs> percent. Love it. I absolutely love that comment thrown in there. But that was a great clip you played between Money Penny and Q. One of the fun facts I found about that uh, Q scene the let's let's call it the speaker rocket launcher to be correct it was activated by prince charles who was visiting uh desmond Lewin and uh i guess everybody else on set prince charles set off that explosive and i think princess diana had a small part in something with production that day too so to have the royal family on set on a bond movie it's pretty cool mike we'll have to check the years on this but radio rakim and uh do the right thing a spike lee joint he would, have, he would have benefited from that RPG. This came out July 31st, 1987. All right. Well, let me do a quick search for this one. This was released July 31, 1987. So it was filmed in 1986. 1989, do the right thing. So mm -hmm. after afterwards, Radio Rakim comes to, to light. Clearly do the right thing. Clearly took it from him. Just another thing that has been influenced by the James Bond movie series. Could he, could he use the, the Radio RPG? Guys, two more supporting cast, and then we can move on from this category. But we got to talk about Saunders because he is so soft. Saunders oh. is, is, is such a bitch. I, I hated this character. He, he's talking to Bond as, you know, why are you showing up to the opera? Like, it's a, it's a night out. We have a mission to do. Like, you don't think that man knows that? Like, and then also picking out that the – uh, cellist right off the yes. bat like come on bond like there's got to be some other girls in the crowd that you that you can pick out dude i'm, I'm any, thinking like <laughs> any field agent that starts quoting manual numbers according to rules and regulations you don't belong in the field when you start quoting section this and that Put that guy behind a desk and get him out of the field because he's a hazard to everybody else. He's got he's got a stick up his ass the entire yep. the entire film. Yeah, he's like a hall monitor or something. I mean, I love the interaction with him and Bond in the car. That is my favorite scene in the film. I know I said uh, there was a few that were close. This one is my favorite scene. Him and and Saunders going back and forth in the car because I absolutely love Bond's quotes in that little interaction. I'll, I'll talk about those when we get to quotes, but. 
Saunders had the fucking balls then to go back to M and tell him, oh, well, Bond didn't take the shot. He shot the sniper rifle instead. He does not listen to the fucking anything. I tell him, like, dude, go take a hike. I hate you. He might be my most hated supporting character in any Bond film. Do we think For- Saunders was a double O? I don't think so. There's just I, no did way. I get that I, if he is, he's double O zero, and we're calling it that. He's a fucking loser. There's like there's not one positive thing about him I can say about him. L seven weenie. <laughs> he brings like the entire mood down. He just stinks. I, I I we would be better serviced if he wasn't in the fucking film. I don't have anything like good to say about this guy. Um, he just brings nothing to the table other than a bitch and complain. I fucking hate him. He had a good death. Look, he had a good death. Yes, you are yeah, correct. He did have a good death. I love that death. I've never felt more satisfied about like. <laughs> Look, I'll hop, in, I'll hop on the useless. Ever. I'll hop on the useless in this movie train. Felix Leiter, useless in this movie. Yeah, no reason for him. I we, almost forgot about that. We gain nothing of the fact that Felix Leiter is in this movie. He had two uh, female accomplices. Yeah, yeah. But for what but reason? Was, you don't even what? have to exactly. introduce him. For, for what? And Bond didn't even make a move. If you cut, if you cut the entire movie, uh, if you cut the movie of any of the Felix and his CIA accomplice, you certainly could. Scene, don't change the movie one bit. You, you don't make it better. Out, you don't make it worse. Yeah, you, you only find out shorter. that you only find out that CIA is also in on it. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Like, who gives a shit? Like, great, great, wonderful. Yeah. Brad Whitaker goes to work for the CIA in two movies. Yeah, right. Yeah. Who ca- who cares? But. The, the one thing I'll say about Felix, like, I feel like we're robbed with Dalton's two movies that we don't have the same Felix in both movies. Yeah. I feel like we should have had that kind of like the continuity that we get with Craig with Felix. We don't get it with Dalton. And I think that kind of sucks with Dalton, honestly. Because I, th- I do feel like Dalton does build like a rapport with a lot of the supporting cast. That's one thing I will say about his bond. He does have like good banter with everybody. But we'll get to that in the next movie. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. we got. We got two Don't more guys to talk about. Uh, Common Shaw. So sure, I liked him. Shaw. I wish. I wish we saw more of him. Uh, honestly, I and, think. I mean, he made he made the scenes in the desert a little bit more bearable. Mm-hmm. Um, I was totally shocked at how well he spoke English. He was, you know, he yep. he's, he sounded very well spoken and very well <laughs> educated. I hated the scene where like. Bond goes to him and his group of folks, though. And it wasn't until, like, I had watched someone else's review of this movie a while back that it pointed it out to me. Every one of Shaw's, I guess we'll call him henchmen for purposes of this mm-hmm. discussion, every single thing that James Bond says, they laughed at. And, like, and after it was pointed out to me watching a review, I, I cannot unsee it. Every time Timothy Dalton said a word, every one of the henchmen of Shaw just started laughing. It just, everything he said, they just laughed at. Like, it was just, it got so annoying after a while to watch. The only problem I had with Shaw is in the scene in the jail, you're led to believe that this guy is like just like a buffoon. He's mm-hmm. just an idiot yeah. standing around like clapping for Bond and, you know, oh, look at this. He's free and everyone. And then, you know, gives him the keys. But he actually is, you know, a, one, he's a leader. And he has the support of an entire community. And two, he sounds extremely well-educated and well-spoken. Yeah. So why didn't, he, why didn't he just speak up in the prison? Like, why didn't he say anything to Bond at all? Like, he just yeah, clapped sure. like a clown. In, like, it, it, just, it just misses its mark. You know, yeah. it, the, character, the character is great. I could have used more of him throughout the film. But he's 
one of the lone bright spots in the desert scenes. Very good point about the whole jail cell thing. And I think it was good that uh, they painted that character in a positive note. And it ended in a positive note when they were flying over in the plane. Bond dropped down the bomb, blew up the bridge, stopped the tank. So he helped, uh, Shaw helped Bond, Bond helped them. I think that was a win-win for that alliance. I agree with you, DJ, that we, we probably should have seen more of them. At the same time, we could have cut him completely out, like, and the movie would have been okay. Like, Bond could have escaped from the jail cell, and he would have just been okay. Like, he would have found a way to escape somehow, some way. But I think at the same time, I'd like to see more of them. Like, I feel like maybe that scene could have been better served maybe earlier in the movie, somehow. Whatever fucking opium that they're trying to get. And then Shaw maybe could have played a role later in the movie. I'll talk about it later, but fucking uh, Koskoff should have fucking died at that airbase. Yep. Agreed. The whole agree. plane fucking crashes and that guy gets a scratch on him? Get the yeah. fuck out of here. I'd like to see Shaw like in Koskov. I, I thought that maybe that could have been like a good like uh, villain death there or potential, but I, mean, I don't know. Trey, to your point, if Shaw was introduced early in the film, you have maybe some Kareem Bay potential. You know, potential. like huh? you, you got a guy that Bond at you know seem to be vibing with yeah at least a little bit yeah um and then at the same time like bond gets him out and he's just like he doesn't want nothing to do with bond really at kind of the same time like he just wants the intel that bond has and that's about it like he sends bond on his way and yep. he's not about to return the favor he's not about to try to save him so he's I, not trying to get into bed with mi6 you know he's right he's an outlaw he, and I, I don't i don't hate him for it but at the same time like if you're going to be bros, go fucking save him. Don't let yeah. the don't let the Bond girl that we all hate besides Soup take your AR and ride off in the winds with a, a horse after Bond. That should have yeah. been an AK. He saved your life. And also, I agree with you. The film could have completely cut out the scenes in Afghanistan and still been fine. Yep. Uh, they could have introduced, you know, the arms deals through another channel or anything like that. Those scenes sure. just were snooze, snoozers. Useless, but, honestly. Um, one totally, more killed, guy, totally killed the pace of the movie. One more right. guy we got to talk about. and It's my dude. The best villain in the film. Necros. Okay. I agree. Necros is the best villain in the film. Hmm? Whether it's henchman or villain, he is the best one. He's talented. It's, it shows. He's got some cool gadgets. And, he, and he's already taken out a few double O's. The guy is good. How, how that fight scene happens, hanging out at the end of, at back end of a plane, and you end up just holding on to Bond's boot as opposed to just grabbing one of the ropes the net? Next, ne- yeah. ne- next to him. I don't know. But, you know, his, his, death, his death was weak. It, it was yes. a good fight scene. It was, good. it was a good scene on the plane. I think you're um, underappreciating the bad guy from the opening sequence who kills two double O's. The and, and, and a couple of British, the imposter, the, who yeah. kills a couple double O's plus a couple of you know agents on the Rock of Gibraltar station there. Gross and imposter henchmen really are, are the best villains in this whole movie. He has a good no look question. to him too. Necros does have a good like slick back hair, greasy look to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's XKGB, um, and nobody it's, ever. It's the classic, beats it's the classic Bond. If you have slick back, blonde hair before the Daniel Craig day, you're clearly a villain. But Listen, like I'm not I'm not gonna put him in elite category for henchmen, but he was a good henchman. He mm-hmm. he was he was the strongest one in my opinion in this film. And I think 
if if he did have a better Bond villain, he probably would have elevated the score a little bit. You know, I think I think I mean obviously he's not going to get to Odd Job or Jaws category, but no. he might he might be a, a little bit behind them. A little bit. A little bit. I, I would say he's not in their tier, but he's probably a tier down. He's uh he's not in my top ten. I I think he's a serviceable henchman. I don't think. I mean, at the end of the day, he struggled with the butler. Let's be honest here. Let's put it on the table. This guy. That is true. He was fighting the butler. The fight entirely took entirely too long. Maybe even longer than the fight with Bond in the kitchen with the butler. Yeah, but Trey, you got to assume that these people, like everyone, is trained because this is this is a, a, a safe house. So everyone's trained to probably defend at some point. You had the gardener with the crazy rake, satellite, metal detector. Like you got there. There's a lot that goes into to that house, you know. So yeah, he whether it be the chef or the the butler, whoever he was fighting in the kitchen, he was struggling. Yes, but ultimately succeeded. Ultimately succeeded, which is but which is why he's not going to be anywhere in my top ten henchmen. I mean, top ten henchmen, you're going to color him in gold like odd job. You know what I mean? Like. You're gonna you're gonna be quick work with them, but uh, yeah, I I scored this category a five point five. Ultimately, hated more of the supporting cast more than I loved them. Um, I think Felix did nothing for me. Shaw, we didn't see enough. I can't I can't really add more of a than a point five spin to that. Necros was was good, serviceable, but at the end of the day, is average to me. And then M sucks. Like just sucks. He just drives my score down. Money Penny, awesome. Q, awesome. So off comes down to really an average score of five point five for me. I was up at seven point five. I was I was a big fan of Money Penny and Q. I liked Necros. I thought Shaw was good. The only two I I really wasn't a fan of was Saunders and M, and Felix. Yeah, I split, I split the baby on you two guys. I'm a six point five. I was in an eight point oh. Uh, hated Saunders, M stunk the rest. I liked him. And I, I can mention Pushkin, but I mean, he didn't really, other than like the plot that he served in, we didn't really see enough of him. So for me I to really even include him in the score, really. right? Yeah, didn't factor in the score at all. He just, nope. he, he was just part of the plot. And right. just, you know, he was he, there. He was more window dressing than he was like character influencing plot. Sure. I mean, he was just kind of there. We can name actor. We can talk about it during the conclusion villain deaths, but I, I think Pushkin would have had a score if he would have off Koskov in, in the end as opposed yeah, to just, just arresting sure. him. Absolutely. I would have been like cool capped him right in, the, right in the head. Yeah, just well, like, listen, this is for being a bitch. Fuck bam. you. Bang. He did done. say a diplomatic bag, so. Yeah, but. Eventual execution after probably a long trial. Yeah. But, all right, enough on the supporting cast. Let's talk about another high point here song opening sequence probably yeah probably arguably i think across the board i i think we agree that this is probably the one of the best opening scenes in a bond film and timothy so, dalton did all his own stunts he wanted yeah. to come in and make a name for himself so that was him on top of that range rover going down the side of a cliff yeah and a, and a good song great song listen gibraltar is a, a different location pretty cool Sure. And then you had the uh, the entire training mission with the paintball, which, I mean, leads into the GoldenEye game, right? GoldenEye yeah, paintball right. mode? Yeah, yeah, man. So, I mean, you get you get some paintball shooting there initially. I, like I said earlier, 
the Bond reveal I didn't love. I went I went down a half point because of it. I would have liked to see him a little bit better. But I was at an 8.5. I, I love the song. I love the opening credit sequence. And let's, listen. let's listen to some tunes. It's funny. If I listen to them by themselves, don't really like the two Dalton songs. When I watch them in the context of right after the opening sequence with the accompanying graphics, I love how it's the aviated. These are two songs that are just so so well serviced by their opening sequence and the accompanying uh, on screen. You would kill too. Good song, love, guys. Love that vibe. Uh, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad they stuck in like the same channel after a view to a kill. Because mm-hmm. those two back to back in in just a, the movie sequence of yep. songs. I'm I'm just glad they stayed in that lane. Yeah, look, I know I, I I said it while I was playing, so we'll have to. I'll pop this back in. But like the thing I really appreciate is if I listen to those songs, view to a kill, this even into license to kill. I don't really like them on their own. Like they're not really songs that do much for me on their own, but when you watch the opening sequence into them with the accompanying title sequence, they are exponentially better. I can't turn it off if I watch it after the opening sequence. If I just pop it on Spotify, listening through the James Bond playlist, don't really give a shit. Like they are so well, they are so suited for on-screen tune, not just general listening for for me well license to kill is a totally different vibe than yeah. the past two you know yeah. they it's that's gladys knight and the pips well no no yeah. pips just gladys knight but just gladys, there's no pips uh, there my friend there's, there's no pips but you know <laughs> you're you're not getting the you know the 80s yeah you're not getting the 80s i guess there. glam rock or how, how pop rock however you want to yeah it's a traditional bond song almost yeah yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, and, and I agree. The credit sequence makes it even better. I think the the gun barrels average. I know you guys will will go to go to town on arguing back and <laughs> forth on that, but I, I I just think it's average. I don't think it's terrible, but I don't I don't think it's really anything great. I think the uh, the skydiving was was a good touch, and again, mm-hmm. an introduction to some more double O's or you know maybe potential double O's. Maybe they're not double O yet. I don't know what the you know, training mission was. Was two double O two, double O four, and double O seven. Okay. And wow. then uh so clearly the lower number means they stink. Yeah. And and like I said, the uh the bond reveal just happened a little late for me. If you know it would have been I would have I would have enjoyed it a little bit more if they were in the plane and M had said something about like double O seven pay attention or whatever and like it just pans to Dalton so you actually get that take first you know before having to have it a few minutes later on the rock after a few people have been off you know yeah that's, I just, I, that's I, my only my yeah. only take on and, it and that would have been a nine otherwise but i was an eight five so you know and i disagree because i think they purposefully knew the criticism they got when they revealed uh lazenby and i think they just tried to make it as organic as possible and less forced of 007 pay attention and i appreciated that I appreciate the fact you didn't know who was diving out of the plane until, you know, you got the, the, the look back from Dalton with 
the hair and the butt chin looking great. I think that's an iconic uh, still. Like, that's a great photo. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite scenes. When I think of Timothy Dalton, I think of that scene on the cliff looking back. Look, even even in the opening sequence, the the John Barry 80s background soundtrack that kicks in when Bond goes running after the car is awesome. It's like a little awesome. disco. We get a John. We get a John Barry cameo in this movie. The great John Barry cameos in this movie. It's also the last movie because John John Barry passed away after this movie. But we get a John Barry cameo. The man who created the Bond theme appears in the Living Daylight. Nice. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, he, listen. He is the orchestra conductor at the at the end sequence. He is the maestro. Huh. That is the John Barry. We touched on it a little bit in, in some of the other conversations, mm-hmm. but. The uh, the ship landing was an awesome part, like awesome oh, yeah. way, awesome way to roll into the credits. You know, mm-hmm. it's we we can have our arguments about the delivery of the Bond, James Bond, or even the the quip about, well, I'm going to need an extra hour or whatever. I thought that was a little weak. I think like that would have been better suited for Roger Moore in, in like a different, totally different scene. You know, sure. Like the, I could have just done without that piece of of the conversation, but the You're landing awesome. there. Yeah, great, great scene. I agree. Um, you know, Bond just coming out of nowhere, landing and damsel in distress, saying, "No, there's no good men over here." And then all parachute on fire, he just comes crashing in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, Onto a yacht with massive other boats on the yacht. Had so, uh, so my fun fact about that: the woman on the boat is uh, the actress Belle Avery in 1987. Belle Avery is an absolute smoke show. There's no question here so she ended up leaving acting and going into um movie production so she is actually the lead producer on the 2000 and fuck year was this movie 2019 cinema disaster the jason statham movie the meg about the megalodon oh with dwight i love that movie she is the leading producer of this movie of course you are Put him on mute. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> yeah, she went. She went on to be a, a movie producer, and the first movie she ever produced was The Meg with Jason Statham. So, unfortunately, she went from being a uh, a, a beautiful woman in the opening of a Bond movie to being the producer of an absolute cinema nightmare. Not to be confused with The Stapler with Rob Schneider. <laughs> no. <laughs> or Sharks in Venice with uh, Billy Baldwin. Sharknado. Jersey's native Tara Reid. Which. Another smoke at one time of her career completely fell off. Oh, totally. But that's what, you know, cocaine is one hell of a drug. Yeah, no shit. But no shit. We, uh, we don't, <laughs> just, just for everyone listening at home, we, we do not condone the use of cocaine on, on the Shaking Not Stirred podcast. Oh, he's a great gun barrel. I don't, I don't, I don't hear no audio. So I, I don't understand what's outstanding about it. He's great. It's a good look. The gun sounds sounds great. It looks like a baller. He's way better. He's you know he's definitely better than fucking Moore. He's way better than that Jabroni before Connery. Uh, yeah. Bob Simmons. He, yeah. I mean, he, the Jabroni before Connery was by far the worst. <laughs> but I I think Lazenby going down to the knee was great. Roger Lazenby's Moore. Great, Roger man. Roger Moore was good. Uh, I think I thought Dalton was average. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen. The Brosnan or Craig ones in, you know, a while. So I can't really comment on those. But it looks like Dalton's suit jacket doesn't fit him properly. Yes. He looks like an angry cat. He's like, like hunching over, 
like pointing the gun at the at the screen. Like, like I, he looks awkward. The I guess suit jacket I could say. just like it looks long. He turns and like you see the whole thing. You can just, see it flops. Like, it, it just spins. It doesn't like it's not form fitting. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I it, guys, I gave it a nine The only knock I would say is opening opening credits or opening scenes. Probably one of my favorites. Probably top three off the top of my head. Um, the song is a great song. It's not top five for me. I can't like score it super high if I feel like there's other songs better than it. Um, it's a, it's a safe top 10, but top five is, is hard to get there. Correct. And then the gun barrel sequence. I, I, a gun barrel for me is intro and bond performance. Mm-hmm. I just don't care for the gun barrel. It's, it's more than a half point, maybe a full point off. So nine point off. Said a nine point five, maybe top three, top two openings. Uh, I think factor in the score was he did his own stunts. Nine point oh here. When we're we're talking about the complete opening sequence, like just take the song out of it. I think this one was probably may, maybe the best, if not second best, for Honor Majesty. Honor Majesty had a great one. Mm-hmm. You're, it's very memorable. You, you like Supel said. You remember the you remember the image of Dalton on the rock. You remember the paintball training scene. You remember the ship landing. It's 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 an iconic intro for for the film. The other piece of it is it's not drawn out. It's quick. It's action packed, and then you're straight into it. Like there's a couple of them that are a little more drawn out. I mean, you know, clowns running for their lives and other things that just have no purpose to it. Skydiving with Jaws, yeah. This one, this one's good. Like, and th- this one's good. This one's good front to back. We're quibbling about details, but overall, this one's good. I mean, a double O agent is killed where the imposter slides a a note that essentially says "fuck you, you're gonna die," and then he cuts a rope and that guy goes. And like, you take a breath when that happens. That's a rough way to go. And then Dalton, like sees the body because it, it rolls down and it's, it's a long death it's it's yeah. darker i think it's one of the best listen we've we've taken it upon ourselves by doing this podcast to rip apart every detail which is why we have to talk about things that we don't like or things we do like mm-hmm. listen this this category scored a nine average for us i mean trey and mike were at a nine super was a nine five and i was an eight five so mm-hmm. all that coming together is yep. it's it's unanimously a great opening sequence i don't think anyone will argue that no. but you know we we try to shoot holes in things that that we find or things that don't sit right so you know it might be one little thing here one little thing there but overall the the opening sequence in in my opinion is one of the best that we've scored so far if you're going to show somebody that's never seen a bond movie before you're going to show them this one. It might be one of the shorter ones, too. It's only like six and a half minutes long. And it, it's action, cool scene, action, cool scene. Bond delivers his line. Bond with – like, if you can shorten a Bond movie to seven minutes, it's the opening scene of this. You know, it's M, it's skydiving, it, it's killing, and then Bond chase ends scene. up with the girl. Chase scene, and Bond mm-hmm. ends up with the girl. Like, it is the ultimate metaphor for what the – the general framework of a Bond movie is. And the best part about the opening, no pigeons. They could have easily put a John Glenn pigeon anywhere. <laughs> yeah. John, John, Glenn, who, John Glenn, who directed, directed this, could have easily given us a double-taking pigeon <laughs> once again. Thankfully, somebody talked him the fuck out of it. No more pigeons. On to chase scenes. Chase and fight scenes. Let's do it. What is this? I've had a few optional extras installed. 
unbelievable scene. Great, great chase. I think we should go on record to say that the Bratislava chase scene is nowhere near Berlin. Nowhere near Berlin. <laughs> nowhere near Berlin. Killed the man in Berlin once. <laughs> Guys, that, that scene drives a score for me. We, we're sitting here watching it. Like We're only yeah. at the part where he puts the skis out on the side, by the way. like There's still more to there's, it. It's so good. That's, yeah. so, that's what's so great about this car. It literally has everything. It has the missiles, the skis on it. it in the end, it self-destructs. The only bad part, and I knocked it off my score. My score is a 7.0, is at the end of this chase scene, they're sliding down the hill with the cello case. That's <laughs> awful. It's hilariously bad how they're just this, – this chase scene is such a, like you're hitting a climax of the movie – and then they're sliding down the hill with a cello case. Look, I think it's the unfortunate part of the fact that it's most of the same people that were there during the Roger Moore era. Honestly, there would have been some, you know, there probably should have been a Beach Boys song in the background. Yeah, I mean, that's all they're Roger missing. Roger Moore with like a martini in his hand. Like, sure. And like, and I pray, and we'll get to it, but like, I appreciated the quote, right? Where they slide across the border, they throw the cello up and over the little arm. Like, we have nothing to declare. And she's like, but the cello, cello, cello. Like, <laughs> you know if they did it with Roger Moore, it would have been horrific. Like, it would be cringe. Waves the passport. Just wave this. But it works. But it works. Like, it, it, it works for, for the context, but it really should have been something better than that. Timothy Dalton didn't deserve to ride down a hill on a cello. It was awful. It, 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 it works for the context of it, but it, Timothy Dalton did not deserve that. It lasted too long, them running down the hill on the cello case. I scored it a six five. It was it was good. Um, I could have used another fight scene that wasn't in the conclusion. Yeah, somewhere along the lines. Yeah, uh, you know, I thought it was kind of slow throughout because it didn't have one of those middle fight scenes that usually happen in a Bond film. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, the the chase was excellent. You know, like we like we. I mean, we can beat it to death, but the car was amazing. It had everything you needed, and you know, it the chase was creative. You know, you had the, the tire cutting the hole in the ice that we saw. I, as, as much as you want to harp on the cello being, you know, the escape route, I did enjoy that. Yeah, it's um, quirky. Yeah. It. It, it was fine. <laughs> it, I, didn't, I didn't knock any points off because of it. Um, yeah. You know, 6.5 6 was, was accurate for this because outside of the, the Bratislava chase, it didn't have much else to it. But the Bratislava chase was so good that, you know, it – it drove the score to a six spot. And like we said, we beat it to death with the Aston Martin. Glad that car was back. Not sure if a Lotus could have been a, that memorable. Uh, fellow who was a chairman at uh, Aston Martin at the time lent out quite a few cars. They offered him a cameo as a different KGB general just as a thank you. Dude was too busy. Probably replacing all the cars that got damaged. But a great chase scene. I like the cello. Uh, scene seven five. I was a six. I, I thought that car scene kind of drove it. Um, you know, I wasn't because we split it out. The opening sequence is separate from this. I think the rest of the movie is missing some of those. I think it's missing some of those quintessential Bond is lurking around looking for information and gets into a really good scuff with you know some unnamed henchman that you know he's going to defeat. But usually there's something good about those fights. I feel like this movie missed a little bit of that. Um, I, I agree with you. And I think the moment that it could have happened was when Necros was in the mm -hmm. the uh, hideaway 
you sure. know, but Bond didn't get involved in that at all. It was yeah. just like some oh, random, look, been, random jabronis getting milk bombed. There could have been a scene when, when they moved into the desert where Bond is like creeping around a bad guy compound gets into it with some low-level bad guys, but it's, it's quirky and there's some, some good action. That middle action is what this film really missed. Agree. Quotes. Uh, quotes. No, I not have, a lot. Not a uh, lot here. I gave it, the, the ones that we did get, I liked. I gave it a 5.5. 5. Uh, the He Got the Boot quote. Which, I had that. Yeah. Um, my favorite one is where Kara's like they're in the jail in the Afghanistan. Kara's like we're free, and he's like, "Kara, we're inside a Russian airbase in the middle of Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> we're nowhere close to being free." Uh, that was my first. That was my favorite one. And then uh, he he mentions to her like, "I'm glad uh, you brought that cello case," or like, mm-hmm. "That was really funny." Yeah, like, uh, I, I, I'm glad that I insisted that you bring yes. the cello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. Yeah. That was the. Good. Uh, for me, it was the scene with Saunders and Bond in the car. Those were my two favorite ones where, Those are good. you know, if, if he fires me, I'll thank him. And yeah. I only kill professionals. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it just did, it did an excellent job to depict what Bond thought about his profession. You know, it, it yeah. was like, all right, yep. I, I really don't want to be in this profession. So if I get fired, it's going to be a, a great thing. But there's a, a real honor amongst thieves um vibe vibe that comes across yeah. there yeah and and that was that was really the only quotes that i i liked yeah i love the salt corrosion line when they cut the whole bottom of the police car off i just thought it's delivered well you know when they come across the border and you know we have nothing to declare because i just got a kick out of it it was very roger moore-esque it, but it was still delivered relatively funny but yeah you know, i was a 6.0 on this one uh, I was a 4.0. There was two you guys missed. Uh, they're on the Ferris wheel, and uh, it's a very Roger Moore-esque quote. Don't think. Just let it happen. <laughs> very and, uh, At the very end, one of my favorites, I was dying laughing. There one of those the, lines uh, Roger Moore used to give when he used to roofie the youngest, younger actresses <laughs> that he worked with? He's going to get canceled. But at the end... Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, I edit the podcast. We're good. They're at the, <laughs> <laughs> they're at the end. will never make it. Okay, let me compose myself. They're at the end, and uh, <laughs> I can't. Hold on, let me let me oh, compose myself. <laughs> uh, I breathe, okay. Supel, breathe. Okay, I forgot what that was. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Green Bay. Uh, <laughs> I like at the end when uh, Shaw and all his, his all of his friends show up to the opera. And they go, we had some trouble at the airport. And Bond goes, I can't help but wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all in their military cop <laughs> at the opera. It's amazing. Super racism comment. Yeah. We I, w- I was a three on quotes. I was low. But uh, listen, there wasn't really a whole lot outside of that one scene that I liked. It was just very forgettable quotes wise. But I, I think that leads a lot to just... Dalton as a Bond being very serious and and less comical than Roger Moore, so it's not really on, it's not on the Bond here. It's it's mostly on the writing to to tailor to him, I guess. Because this right. category is going to help some movies and destroy others. It's true. Pros and cons. What's uh the conclusion and villain deaths here? Terrible. Were god awful. Terrible. 
I like as much as I love the fight scene on the plane with Necros, I thought it was great. His death was brutal. Like I mentioned, he, he grabs Bond's boot instead of grabbing one of the ropes on like guy. You, you can just reach a few inches to the right yeah. or left and, and you're fine. Very preventable. Very, very preventable. Um, I hated that Koskov didn't have a death. He just got Same. arrested. And we touched about when we were talking about Whitaker. The guy's a fucking loser. He's sitting there playing with his figurines and then he's got a terrible death. He should have died with the plane. In the plane accident. Yeah. Like, in in that whole fight scene. Yeah. You know, I, th- th- I there agree. was no reason to, to go to his place and, and kill him. He should have been involved in just the big melee and, and get him done at, out of the picture. Nothing else to, to even go over to his, his hideaway. Yeah, this movie stinks. Yeah, I gave it a two. And DJ mentioned all the deaths sucked. Um, Koskov should have fucking died. Um, and then the ending was just, you had this dark bond. The ending was so cheesy and happy go lucky. Hated it. Agreed. Yeah. Like I, I would have been better off if he doesn't show up to the opera or not the opera, whatever the, yeah. the, the concert, like, the Shah, the guy we met for five minutes, he shows up with all his buddies at the opera. Like, like super yeah. mentioned, like, I think that was the base of my score. Cause I was at a 6.0 and I think that's <laughs> the only logic I had behind that. But the only no, good part is like general it. Gogov shows up because they originally asked him to be in the movie, but he was too ill. He ends up dying after this movie, but he was able to make a cameo at the end, right? You got John Barry, who made a cameo as the orchestra instructor, which I thought was you know, apropos. You get General Gogov, but you know there are simply cameos at the end. There's really no yep. reason for any of it. They I wanted was... Aha to be in a few cameos at the end, too, but they were busy touring around Sweden, so thank God that didn't happen. Just tossing in people for the sake of cameos. I was at two point five here. I hated, I hated all of it. You know, it, it just, I, I don't know. It, it, it could have been done a whole lot better. I don't know. I don't know what I would have preferred, but it, this wasn't it. Nope. Like I like the Necro's death with the plane. I was a fan of that. Then when they crashed out in the jeep, I know a good restaurant in Cairo, but the Whitaker stuff terrible. And I think Koskov was the only Bond villain to date to not only survive, but, like, get captured, so. Yeah. We mentioned it earlier. Whitaker could have been cut out completely. It could have been Koskov's show, Mm -hmm. or vice versa, or whatever. Yeah. Um, It was one or the other. I think they wasted a lot of writing on splitting traits up between the two of them. Yeah. I think the villain would have been much better served if it was one or the other, not both. Or and it should, you could and it have, have been had, Koskov because of the double the double take. You could have written right. Whitaker out of this movie entirely and actually had a better villain. You could have, and you could have kept Whitaker, and you could have had Koskov just double cross him and kill him, and just sure. like take over his operation. Yeah, great. That's yeah. better. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we can total the scores. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I'll start. I'll start low to high. Um, I'm the low guy, but only by a half point on this one. Trey is right there with me. So. Oh. Um, I was really hoping I'd be low it doesn't doesn't happen often here that we're this close usually we uh we're separate on a lot of things but I guess we guess we saw this one eye to eye uh so for me I got the plot at 6.5 the Bond performance 7.5 Bond villain 3.5 Bond girl of 4 Guns Cars Gadgets 8.5 song opening sequence 8.5 supporting cast 7.5 Chase fight scene, 6.5. Quotes of three. Conclusions death, 2.5. I'm 58 total. Trey is sitting there with plot at a seven. 
Bond Performance, 7-5. Bond Villain, a 3. Bond Girl, a 4. Guns, Cars, Gadgets, an 8. Song Opening Sequence, a 9. Supporting Cast, 5-5. Five, five. Chase Fight Scene, a 7. Quotes, a 5.5. And Conclusion of Death, a 2. Then we got Middle of the Road Mike, who is sitting with Plot at a 7. Bond Performance, 7-5. Bond Villain, a 4. Bond Girl, a 5. Guns, Cars, Gadgets, an 8. Song Opening Sequence, a 9. Supporting cast, 6-5. Chase and fight scene, a 6. Quotes, a 6. Conclusion and death, at 3. Brings you to a total of 61. And then Supel, who went on record saying this will be a top 10 Bond film for him. Plot at 7.5. Bond performance, 7.5. Bond villain, a 5. Bond girl, an 8. Guns, cars, Jeez. gadgets, 7.5. Song opening sequence, 9.5. Supporting cast, henchman, an 8. Chase fight scene seven five quotes of four conclusion and death of six, so he was at a seventy point five overall. Jesus, Correct. that that Bond girl score is mind blowing. Agreed. Look, I think she's a stunningly beautiful Bond girl. I just think that outside of one or two moments at the end where she flies a plane not successfully and drives a jeep not successfully, she's pretty useless most of this movie. While on the plane aspect, has James Bond ever like successfully landed a plane without like destroying most of it? It seems every vehicle he ever gets in, in planes especially, ends up destroyed anyway. So I don't think that plane had a future. Guys, when, when I mean we're the opening about... the opening scene of Goldeneye, he dives off a cliff, dives into the plane and gets away. He has to have safely landed it. Yeah. Otherwise he wouldn't be alive. So yes, oh. he successfully lands that plane. It didn't Guys. happen yet. When we're, uh, when we're talking about the overall grand scheme of these, Living Daylights, I, I think Trey mentioned it a little earlier, it's, it's not going to be, you know, reaching for the top, but it's not going to be in the bottom. Oh. When I'm, I'm looking at my overall scores compared to some of the ones we've already talked about, it's, it's right there with Live and Let Die and Man with the Golden Gun, um, a little yeah. bit below Thunderball and Dr. No, and it, it'll just kind of be, it'll be there. It'll be somewhat in the conversation, but I don't think I think it's a more than serviceable bond. I think it's a more than serviceable actor playing bond. I think he is brought down by, you know, just I think he's brought down by poor writing based on a past bond. I don't think they updated the I don't think they updated the cast and crew the way they should have and that you'll see going forward, I think you start to see a, a more realistic bond. I think like, I think they tried to write it for a serious actor, but they had worked with Roger Moore for the last seven movies and they kept going back to what they knew they, they weren't really able to push the boundaries on this one. And I don't, I don't fault Dalton for that. I fault, you know, I fault broccoli. I fault the writing. I fault, those things for it and because i don't think he was bad i don't think he's a bad bond at all yeah i mean listen like overall score wise it's sitting at eight overall for me at the moment and we haven't even done his other license to kill which i think is better than living daylights and i haven't done any of the browser craigs so score wise i'm pretty certain i I can put money on it that's going to fall out of my top 10 based on what's to come but I mean, viewing pleasure, it's, it's not bottom five, but it's, it's, it's not top ten. Look, it's one of those where if you catch it on TV, 
it's great to watch the first three quarters of it, and then you just kind of stop watching it because then you don't watch any shit at the end. It's like, it's a great movie to take a nap to. Yeah, yeah. And like you, you wake up, you like you, you honestly no for for real. For real, yeah, I agree. You, you put it yeah. on. You yeah. put it on. You, you're entertained for like you yeah. know the first hour, maybe you know half hour, forty five minutes. If, you know, depending on how tired you are, you fall asleep a little bit and then you wake up and you don't really miss much. And then you're, you're back in and you're like, oh, OK, the movie's still playing. No, I'll, but, uh, just finish, I'll just finish it off. When we release this, can somebody tweet at Timothy Dalton? Hey, we thought your first Bond movie was a great movie to take a nap to. <laughs> it wasn't a snoozer, but it was a good nap film. But he did, I disagree. He did. He did decent. He did pretty good in it. Yeah. Uh, I'll say, like, it, like you said, Mike, and then DJ said earlier. I, I alluded to it earlier. It's a. At the end of the day, for me, it's an average movie with an average yeah. score. Yeah. From where we're at here, and I think uh, when it comes to the scoring of these films and whether or not they're going to reflect the scores, this one's going to reflect the score for me. It's going to yeah. land right in the middle of all the bond films for me it's one of these where had they made one or two creative decisions on the writing side just slightly different this could have easily been a top five bond movie no question you had all these elements you had some great chase sequences. you had a great opening you had a, a great actor playing playing the role you had you know multiple deceptions going through the movies and as opposed to trying to do so much and, and invent a plot three quarters of the way through the movie, if they kept it a little bit more simple, this would have been easily a top five, top 10 bond movie. No question. No question. I don't, I don't know if it would have made top five for me. But I'm, it, it I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like four, five through nine, 10. It's not going to crack a top yeah. three. It could have cracked the top 10 for sure. Yeah. And like, the diehard fans like us know it wasn't on Timothy Dalton. Like that wasn't the only change. Like the casual viewer, they say, Oh, new bond. And they don't think that far into it about the same creators, the same production, the same writers. They say the same. So yes, different era, but a lot of the same folks behind the scene that don't get talked about. You guys want to hear some critic rankings on living daylights? Sure. So overall it was a, average film for most critics uh the average rank of the film was around 14 so it, it kind of reflects what we just said it, it might not be in the top 10 but it's you know not falling in the bottom you had two critics here that had it in their top five the highest it ever got was four and that was from the independent uk and their top three is pretty good four and five are debatable so in um independent uk goes with from russia with love is their number one goldfinger number two honor majesty's number three daylights is four and live and let die is five four and five okay debatable the, they, like, I, they I, like dark bonds is what they, they like they, they like the the grittier bond is what they like clearly yep. and then uh the other top five for them was from or for daylights was screen crush and it was came in at five and their top five was Goldfinger at one, Russia at two, Skyfall at three, Casino at four, Daylights at five. Now, here's, here's what brings the score down. And I'm going to chalk this up mostly to a Timothy Dalton bias. So three publications rated Daylights in their bottom five 
as low as 23, and then one of them was a 21. But all three of those publications also have license to kill in their bottom five. So both Dalton films fall in the bottom five for all three of these publications. Um, that's The Guardian UK. You've got uh, Rolling Stone, who we've already ripped apart. And you've got The Irish Times, which maybe because he's Welsh, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> whatever. But um, it, it, I don't know. I think, I think being in a bottom five is harsh for, for Daylights. And to put both Dalton films in your bottom five, something's up. Agreed. You know, there's there's plenty of films that that you can throw in there. I I think the the tail end of of Roger Moore's performances are are definitely below the two that Dalton did. And there's Dino there's, Dino the Day stinks. So I was gonna say there, there's still gonna be some Brosnan stinkers. So to uh, your point, DJ, we scored like they they obviously have something against Dalton because we've we scored collectively Dalton. I think at seven point five. I mean, that's, that's higher off the top of my head than at least three of Moore's movies have done for me. He seems yeah. to be one of the more popular actors amongst fan groups and fan chatter online. Critics, not so much, but... That's what this whole thing's about, though. We're sticking it to yeah. the critics. Yeah, yeah. critics suck. They Fuck stink. the critics. Hell, they stink. <laughs> yeah. um, no, honestly, outside of Spy Who Loved Me, I had... I'm just looking at like my comparisons to some of the other movies outside of spy who loved me for Roger Moore. Uh, every, every other film scored lower in bond performance than Dalton. Uh, live and let die was the same. I scored a seven, five both ways. Okay. But I'd, I'd say it's probably around the same for me too. Just off the top of my head. Yeah. And that's, that's us. That's daylights. Anything to close this out? Nice little clip. Here we go. We made it to Berlin. Yeah. Berlin! <laughs> Kein Schwein aus Berlin wird mich jemals hier in Bratislava finden. Bratislava? Yeah. Bratislava! <laughs> Dear sweet mother of God, we're in Eastern Europe. <laughs>